Hello, you are listening to The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. I had the honor of being on the show with Shay and wow, how authentic she is and how much I know that she wants to keep hope alive in the community. So thank you all for joining. And everyone here today, I'm offering a special to all active duty or retired military to my all access on-demand training where we learn how to dream, believe, and achieve our best life. Please visit at timlanefitness.com and I'll see you all soon. Enjoy the show. From admiring his social studies teacher in fifth grade to becoming an instructor for professional development education in the Air Force, Technical Sergeant Edward C. Bodenheimer, the third, a.k.a. Trip, a.k.a. Bodie, shares his military journey and how professional development is crucial in today's world. His words of wisdom is iron sharpens iron. His purpose is to help someone discover something in themselves that they may not have seen, kind of like night vision goggles. <laughs> Stay tuned to his inspiring story. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the incredible Trip Bodenheimer. Welcome to the show, Trip, or as I like to call him, Bodie. Thank you, Shay. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here with you. And I just got a shout out to Joe Bogdan for introducing me to Bodie. What a great, great uh, introduction. We've been immediately best friends ever since. So I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. He's he's my mentor in life right now. So big shout out to him. Yeah, he's such a he's a mentor to everybody, I think. <laughs> I think he is, too. Yeah. 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 And so Bodie and I just started talking about some other things. And I said, you know what, let's just start recording. And so I don't even have your bio. So Bodie, <laughs> t- tell us about yourself. So I have been in the military for about 12 years. I'm active duty in the Air Force. I came in working on computers. I was doing that for about six years. And then they asked me if I wanted to be a part of what the Air Force calls developmental special duties. And it's basically they pull you from your career and put you somewhere else uh, that they think would be a better fit at the time. So they put me as an Airman Leadership School instructor. And basically what that is, is I take brand new Airmen who've been in maybe three to five years. They're about to get moved into a supervisory role. Mm. We teach them how to be supervisors and how to counsel people, how to talk to people, how to make those connections. And I did that for three years at Spengdahlem, Germany. And then the Air Force, uh, I guess this was like their idea of a joke, but they said, we're going to send you from Spangdahlem, Germany to Montgomery, Alabama. So (laughs) just total night and day, but the career here, and I'm just kidding, Alabama is nice, but the career field is amazing that I'm in now. I'm an enlisted professional military education instructor, and I basically now teach the instructors for all the different uh, platforms in the Air Force to go out and teach in the enlisted enlisted side. So professional military education, they uh, come through our course and get taught how to ask questions, how to stand in front of a classroom, eye contact, verbals, nonverbals, all that good stuff. So it's, uh, it's interesting. And then, yeah, we started teaching online in March and I was doing it and invested in a microphone and all this nice stuff for my setup. And I was like, 
why not podcast? So recently I've started podcasting with the Shadows podcast, and that is pretty much me in a nutshell. Awesome. Thank you. And I am uh, have been honored uh, to be a guest on that podcast. So I'm excited to have, you know, return the favor and have you on today. Yeah. Episode eight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I always like to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? It's funny you ask that because I was just having that conversation with someone the other day. And I said to me, you know, investing in people is like, uh, it's like the market in a way. Mm. And I invest in someone that I'm like, I see potential. I see uh, they've got something. Sometimes it may be something that you feel like it's on the horizon. Like it's something is, you know, big is about to happen, but um, the dividends, what do you, you get back from it? And that's, and I'm talking about seeing them succeed, seeing them, you know, tap into that potential that someone may not have seen in them before, but it may just take you uh, pushing them in that direction. And, it's mentorship, mentorship both ways. And, you know, I, I like to surround myself with people that are going to help me out and, and vice versa. If I can help them out, that's, that's great. Um, but I like to grow. I like to learn more about myself as well. Um, and I think some of the best mentors are the ones that don't really see what they're doing. They, they don't sit back and go like, you know, I'm a great mentor for this person. They, they just think they're helping other people. Yeah. Um, but you learn about it lot about yourself in the process. So it's all about those dividends that you get, those returns. Mm, I love that answer and how, you know, it's so true. And so I just want to think it comes back to my own story. When I was a educator, a regional educator for my salon um, that I worked in, you know, I'm training anywhere from, you know, five to 30 people at one time. And you get this like, honor of really, like you said, mentor to just pour into them what their potential is, because I believe as leaders, that's kind of our, our, our fun part, right. Is to be able to see what other people's potential is and to really help lift them up. Um, And you do that so well in all the trainings that you do, the education that you do and your podcast. So thank you for, for being you and one of the things that I know you teach on is the five gears. So tell us a little bit about yes. that. So five gears is actually something that I started teaching about six months ago. It hasn't been too long, but the one thing I really like about it is it's, it can apply to someone instantly. Like the second they're listening to it, where a lot of trainings you can take and you have to kind of sit on it and write it down. And you're like, this would be applicable to me, you know, at some point. But five gears is like instantly in that moment, you can start backtrack to how your day started and see if you were doing it appropriately. And it's all about being present with Mm -hmm. people that you care about and, you know, investing in those people and also uh, making the most out of the, the limited amount of hours that we're given in a day. So it basically talks about, you know, the metaphor it uses is driving a stick. And your body is that vehicle. And it starts with, are you changing gears appropriately? Are you um, upshifting, downshifting at the right times? And uh, first gear is more of a recharge. So then your day is supposed to be bookended with first gear. So are you doing something to start your day that really motivates you, benefits you? Like me, for example, I like to 
drink coffee, play with my dogs and read a book. I'm my grandfather. Uh, <laughs> but that motivates me in, in working out. Whereas most people wake up and the first thing they do is they, they go to the news or they go to social media mm. and they, they almost let something externally dictate how their day is going to go mm. as opposed to them internally motivating it. But then it, it goes all the way up to fifth gear, which is the focus mode where, you know, you're driving down the road and you can be in third gear social mode talking to someone and you realize you made a wrong turn, mm. turn the music off. You kind of snap at the person you're driving with and you're all of a sudden really, really focused. You can do a lot of damage in fifth gear if you're not self-aware mm. of how you come off. So it, it just shows you, uh, you know, the getting that rear view mirror adjusted, kind of looking in it as to how you are when you're in each of those gears mm. or using them appropriately. And then um, the biggest piece of it is reverse. Everybody's got a reverse, but is yours resistant or responsive when you need to admit you made a mistake, when you need to, uh, you know, own up to something or just cut an argument off and say, all right, this is on me. This is on me. So it's that pride that goes into it, but it's a really interesting concept and it comes from giant worldwide. It falls under the five voices umbrella. And it was something that I read and I was like, you know what, I'm going to start piecing a a lesson together on this and we'll see how it goes. And it's actually received really, really uh, good feedback since I've started. Well, I've heard you talk about it in um, actually Joe Bogdan's podcast, the Llama Lounge, and you go into such detail. And it's so, like you said, it's so apropos to anyone in any walk Mm -hmm. of life of really of how you show up. Because um, I believe we get a choice, right? We get to choose how we show up every day. I know some people say, well, I have to do this or I need to do this. And those are limiting words. But when you say, oh, I'm choosing to do this, that gives you the power, right? That gives you back that personal responsibility to yourself. That's that uh, is a really good point, because that's usually the thing I started with is the uh, circle of influence and Mm. That right there, what you said is huge because so many times in life we live, I think the statistic was like 86% of people or something like that live an accidental life day in and day out where they are, well, I want to do this. I want to start a podcast. I want to start dieting. I I really hope my kids end up successful. And it's that that accidental mindset as opposed to intentional mindset where, Mm. okay, I need to get this done. I'm doing this right now. I am. No, I'm not going to wait till January to start working out. I'm going to start working out today. And when you become more intentional then every single circle on that circle of influence, whether it's family, uh, coworkers, community, they strengthen because yeah. you feel more prideful in what you're doing. You feel more of a sense of accomplishment uh, where accidental is more. Oh, I'm worried about tomorrow. I'm worried about that. That's it just mounts up. So yeah. it, it really encourages you to live more of an intentional um, lifestyle. I, I, someone the other day, I was like, yeah, we definitely need to uh, sync back up again. And they flat out told me they're like, they flipped it on me and they said, no, I'm going to be more intentional. We need to schedule something. We need to go ahead and not just say, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make this happen again. Accidentally. It's let, let's get something on the books. Let's do it. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the one thing I, I, have enjoyed our friendship so much with you because you are intentional. You do reach out or you refer someone or you connect me with someone else and you are intentional with 
who you connect. You're intentional with making sure that you follow up, making sure that you write thank you cards, you know, all the things that you do, you are intentional. And, you know, that, that's a, that's a definitely a practice. I think that, you know, people aren't used to, you call it accidental. I used to say autopilot. There you go. Right. We're mm-hmm. on autopilot. So, you know, in some regards, it's great because you can sit back and lounge in the car, right. <laughs> While someone else is driving, but at the same time, then what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Right. You can either um, fly, you know, let it slide by you or you can, you know, actively participate. Yeah. And, and I would hear people who lived accidental and when something didn't go their way, it was some reason why it didn't happen for them. And I found myself doing it at times and I was like, Oh, I, I, I sound like them now I'm, I'm sounding like this. And, uh, it's hard. It's something that's really hard to get instilled into you. But once you start living intentional and you just own up to, yeah, you know, this, this podcast didn't work because I didn't put the amount of time into it. This uh, relationship didn't work because I could have done better this. I mean, whatever it is, uh, it's just get rid of that undue stress. And it's just, it's so much, it's so much of a simpler way to live. And I really have tried to get better. Uh, living intentional. I told you before we were, when we were just talking before this, I was like, uh, Susan Bodenheimer is probably the reason that I'm as intentional um, as I am, because I mean, the things like the cards and the following back with people, that stuff that she just instilled in me uh, at a young age where I was still trying to be accidental, like I'll I'll get to it. I'll do it later. Um, But yeah, it's, it's weird how that works out. But yeah, now I'm, you know, 30 some years old and living intentional because of the way my, my mom pushed me and, and, you know, was teaching me how to do things the right way. Mm. So, you know, I, I'm going to take us back to, um, to the, to when you talked about your mom and take us back to your childhood is that, cause I'm just curious. So was there ever a, a time or defining moment that you can look at that, that really kind of guided you to join them to join the military or guided you to wanted to become an educator and a, a teacher at some point. Yeah. It's actually a really good question that I haven't been asked before is as, as simple as that sounds. I've never been asked that. And when it's kind of a two part answer. So when I was in uh, we we're living in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, and I had a fifth grade history teacher, uh, Greg Burton and went to his class and he was acting out. He was my history teacher. I mean, it was just like the, our social studies, I think was the right name of it. Yeah. But he was the uh, biggest influence on my life as a kid outside of my, the people, you know, under the same household as me, he would dress up as, you know, historical figures. He would act out. He would change his voice. He was, he brought comedy to the class and, it's a lot to get a fifth grader to want to go to school. Yeah. A lot. And I can tell my daughter right now, you know, you're going back in residence to school and she would kick and scream and call out the door, but <laughs> he was so much fun. And I remember we had like career day and I wanted to be a, a reporter or a sports reporter, a broadcaster, which is funny because I podcast now, but, right. um, but after I remember graduated fifth graduated, I finished fifth grade and went to sixth grade. I was like, I really, I think I could see myself teaching. I would like to teach. Mm-hmm. And that was always kind of a seed in the back of my head was that, you know, the older I got, the more I kind of wanted to do it by just 
I'm not going to say opportunity wasn't there. I didn't, I was accidental. I didn't capitalize on that opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, I thought life had other plans and I started going towards physical therapy and uh, eventually joined the military. But when I got in the military and they asked me to teach, I actually had a lot of self-doubt. I was, I had a fear of public speaking. Uh, I was, I was not embracing the get comfortable, be an uncomfortable mindset. And I was in a state of avoidance to where I would have, I would just stay away from things that I thought were going to be uncomfortable. Sure. And um, so that's kind of where my spark for teaching, but my spark for the military was uh, my grandfather was in the military. My, you know, most of the men on my, my mom's side were in the military. My dad was in the Navy for a couple of years. He was an officer in the Navy and growing up, I always wanted to do pretty much follow my dad's, footsteps. Well, he was a lawyer. I was not a lawyer. He went to University of North Carolina. I did not go to University of North Carolina. And so the one common thread I really had on a professional side was, well, I can join the military Mm -hmm. and I'll have that in common. Uh, And he passed away when I was 11. So Mm -hmm. I never got to have a conversation with him about it. But uh, when I joined I remember the first time at basic, like looking down, they would, you know, they kind of throw your uniforms at you, give them to you. Then you go get them tailored and get your name sewn on them. And that was a very um, prideful, you know, moment, very proud moment when you put that uniform on the first time. And I remember looking down and seeing Bodenheimer and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this feels so good. And, and don't get me wrong. I was happy to see Air Force on the other side as well, but just to see that Bodenheimer name and know, okay, I'm, I'm carrying this legacy on, uh, definitely top, you know, two or three moment of my, my military career, just simple as it was just putting on a uniform top. Mm, I, I, that brings tears to my eyes because you're, you're following the legacy that was left for you. And mm. now you're able to leave a legacy for your children as well. I hope so. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. So when you were in the, in the military and they said, Hey, let's go to teaching. Did you ever draw back to that inspirational teacher that you had and been like, you know, if I could just like think about what he did and how he showed up, maybe that will, um, you know, give me something to aspire to. It's funny because when I got asked to do it uh, or, you know, like voluntold to do it, I was like, yeah, uh, I got I got to go home and sleep on this. I, I just don't think I can do it because I was under the mindset of every other instructor I've seen since I've been in to where it was just, you know, sit down, don't ask questions. Let me talk. Very informal. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wouldn't succeed if I was going to be standing behind a podium just talking all day long. I had to put my personality into it. So I talked to a mentor of mine the next day and it was weird how my mindset aligned up with what he was about to tell me. He called me in his office and he was like, are you going to take the job as an instructor? And I said, I've thought about it. I just don't think I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't think I'm going to be very good at it because I was in that state of avoidance. And Mm -hmm. he pretty much told me, he said, your personality, you can kill it, but you've got to show your personality. You can't go in there. Um, the term he called it a stick up your butt instructor, like every other one that, right. that we've seen and known. And so I go, I, I, I say, you know what, I'll, I'll take the job. I'll do it. And when I went to the training, I saw that, you know, 
you can put your personality into it. You encouraged to put your personality in there. And the very first time I taught, I would love to have that lesson recorded because I just sat there. My back was very stiff. I, when someone said something, I was like, ha ha, very good answer. Let's keep going. And I finished and my uh, instructor, you got feedback right there on the spot. Mm. And feedback's another thing that's very underrated. Uh, um, yes. That yes. people live in a state of avoidance from. But uh, yes. we got feedback in front of in front of everybody. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And she looked at me and was like, um, who was that? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, I thought you did pretty good. And she said, uh, I don't know who that was, but that was not Sergeant Bodenheimer that we've seen here mm. in class. It's like the red light came on the camera and I, I buckled and she was like, be yourself, just be, be yourself, not the lesson, be yourself, not the lesson. And from that moment forward, I was like, okay, I was told to be myself. And so now whenever I go in front of a classroom, especially when I was at Airman Leadership School, and we get a little bit more flexibility here because we write our own curriculum and stuff. But uh, to me, it's like a stage, like I'm on stage. And um, I think I've used it before where it's like, you're a, you know, you're a rock star. And the yes, you teach the same lesson every five weeks or so. But uh, just like with a, you know, a rock star or something, people in the crowd are there to hear that song because they've never heard it. It's their first yeah. time hearing it. So you've got to give it to them and you've got to, you know, joke around and have fun. And that's one of the things we talk about keys to being a successful learner is having fun, uh, you know, bringing in some comedy in there, here and there, <laughs> not too much, but just you, yeah. you want them to enjoy being on the opposite side because then they're going to value the curriculum and the concepts that you're throwing at them um, as opposed to the the dry eyes guy. So, yeah, I think just uh, I, I do think a lot of what Mr. Burton had uh, had showed me in that classroom. And the funny thing is, I've, like, I've tried my best to track this guy down just yeah. to thank him that intentional um you know, I know it sounds creepy, but like I've looked for him on Facebook and LinkedIn and all these places because, you know, I know how I would feel if I made an impact on someone and then 30 years later, they reach out to me and we're like, hey, you know, I'm doing this because of you and you inspired me. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've tried. But, yeah, definitely I have a lot of his, uh, you know, his inspiration in a classroom with me. You know, you just really reminded me and, and um, of my own, and maybe it's social studies. Maybe it's something they're taught, right? Maybe, to make maybe. It, <laughs> because mine was too. Mine was my social studies teacher in high school and I had him for four years and totally, you know, it was a small town. So he taught government, history, you know, everything else, right? In between uh, psychology, all kinds of things. And he created an atmosphere that it was uh, like, not recess, but it was like you play to learn yeah. and you learn to play. And it was just such a, a, a defining moment for me because I remember sitting there thinking to myself, I don't want to do what he does. I don't want to teach history. But if I did, that I would have to be something like him because you have to make it fun. 
Yeah. Because it's not, a fun, if you're not into that thing, which I was not, <laughs> it's not a fun thing to learn, right? And so he did such a great job. And Jeff Hoskins, if you're listening, thank you so much. And um, I will definitely, I'm going to, you know, remind, it reminds me, I need to send him a message on how he inspired me because I wasn't ever thinking about that as a career. And I actually went to college for computer science. Mm. That didn't work out. I then went to, <laughs> I didn't like it at all. And most of my college professors were so stale and dry and had, you know, it's, it's programming and there's zero personality in programming. And so I needed them to engage me and I, I couldn't. And um, so it was, I say, it's like learning French from a German teacher with a Sp- Spanish accent, like yeah. no clue what they were saying. Right. And it was uh, very difficult for me. So when I quit, then I had to become something different, had to find a different identity, right? Which is a lot of times what we have to do when we go through a transition period. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of, I, you know, we talked about the accidental. I kind of fell into uh, going to cosmetology school. Did I choose it? Yes. And yet I was really reluctant, even though, <laughs> funny story, I had done all of my friends' hair and makeup from, you know, sixth, seventh grade on. Uh, through high school for dances, parties, whatever. But I, I looked at it as a hobby. I never looked at it yeah. as a career. And then once I was in it and I thrived, which I think is underrated, is looking at thriving versus surviving. Yes. You, you know, when you talked about feedback, I agree. Um, and you can thrive after feedback when, you know, it applies to you, right? And so um, that my actual, my teacher my instructor in cosmetology school, she's like, have you ever thought about being an instructor? And I was like, no, why would I do that? And then my mom actually was in that conversation as well. She had come for my graduation and the three of us had went out to dinner and my mom's like, I really think you need to look into that. And so what I love, what my instructor school did is they had me in front of the classroom as a student teacher, student instructor, with the regular instructor. So it looked like I knew what I was doing, but it gave me a, a, a camaraderie with the students. Yeah. So when I did so many hours, it was time for me to teach, to take over and teach. I was able to, because I already had that rapport They're with them. Yeah. And it was easy to engage, have fun, um, you know, and do stuff like that. And you're right. It, it, you do feel like you're in front of the classroom as a stage and then jump ahead years later I knew that um, my path was to transition from being a hairstylist more into being a a speaker, coach, trainer of some sort. And I took an improv class for a year. I trained in improv for a year. So I highly recommend that. Yeah, because it just gives you comfortable with not knowing, (laughs) number one. And and trying to roll with the punches, like, okay, I don't know what this person's going to say, but everything is in agreement. Everything is yes and. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of roll with it. So it gets you also out of your head of, I have to think about what my answer is, which for me, um, as a certified, you know, fearless living coach, I I focus on fear, right? Or not focus, but I, I coach on fear. So for me, how fear shows up is overthinking. So if I overthink too much, I, I got to know the answer trying to control it because I got to know the answer, right? That's all fear-based. Yeah. So being an improv, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, you learn that it, you know, you always have the correct answer. Whatever comes out of your mouth is the correct answer. And one of my uh, teachers in improv said, when you're in front, 
whatever you say is the right thing. There are no wrong and there is no wrong thing to say. There's no wrong information. Even if you are giving a speech and you're giving a statistic, like we were just talking a little bit ago about statistics. I said 56, you said 90%. I'm like, who knows what's right? Does it matter? Neither one of us are going to go back and research who's right because it doesn't really matter. So at the, at, that's what I'm, they, he was saying. Like, even if you're giving a statistic, it's right. Just go with yeah. it being right because you're stepping in, you're practicing, you, have, you being the authority on it. And and I love that you get to now, because as I do too, is now create your own curriculum. And I love that you've done that with five years. Oh yeah. Even, even like our entire course, like we uh, were built around like accelerated learning and taking it from just the knowledge level of just, you know, what is your definition of, of trust? Mm. We take it so much further than that, even to where it's like, okay, Define communication, but don't use the term communicate, like to start off. And that's actually harder than you think. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Define diversity, but you can't use the term different. And so we we do one, for example, where I lie to the students. I I tell them (laughs) this very heartfelt story. And, you know, they're they're all like, wow, that's that's oh, that's deep. And then about five minutes later, we go over the, the affective domain with how you internalize. And I said, you know, how would you feel if like your instructor lied to you about something, for example, such and such. And they just look stunned. And I'm like, mm, that's what happened. There's the affective. I've just triggered the affective in you. And so we do a lot of that, like just uh, put them in role-playing scenarios. We uh, have injects throughout the course to mm-hmm. where like someone will confront us and really challenge us mm-hmm. and start to really you know, get under our skin and we start kind of arguing back and the the flight is getting really, you know, they're looking around like, what is going on here? And next thing you know, we're like, okay, and scene. All right. Thank you very much. He was supposed to do that uh, for us here today, but y'all got to think, how would y'all handle that in this situation? Because y'all are getting fired up just watching it. So uh, it, it's really fun to be, have that flexibility and to, you know, cause that's the stuff they're going to remember. They're not going to remember, you know, what we went over with the definition of primary and secondary dimensions of diversity. They're going to remember how we acted it out and how we, mm. we got them thinking as opposed to just writing down a note. So that's, that's a really cool part. And then the developing our curriculum, I, I have an amazing commandant now who was always telling us, he's like, go out, get certified, get a book, mm. develop your lesson. If we like it, we'll bring it into the course. If not, we can still, if it's not a good fit for here, you can still go out on, social media and all these different platforms and, and teach it to groups of people. And we've been fortunate enough to teach for USAA, uh, some ROTC detachments, um, some businesses, some colleges. Uh, so it's, it's a really cool opportunity and definitely with the, the card we've been dealt in terms of working from home. Right. Uh, some people look at it as a, you know, this has been the worst thing that's ever happened. I've actually, I had a good 2020 and I've had a really good 2021 so far in terms of, um, you know, what I've done in terms of professional with with my career and being able to, I've been able to teach to, you know, basically all around the globe military wise, just had one the other day where it was for uh, Alaska, Hawaii, Korea, and Japan. And I never would have had that opportunity if I didn't have the flexibility to create my, my own lessons and then to be able to offer it out there to people. So um, very fortunate with that. 
Yes. And I love uh, what you said, because so many people are like, well, 2020 was awful. It sucked. And, and don't get me wrong. I had my own issues with, you know, I lost my brother in 2020 from from the from uh, the virus. I'm sorry. And thank you. And yet on the other side of it, I had an amazing 2020. I met Bodhi. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> and now I get to be on not just uh, I wasn't on just Shadows podcast. I'm going to be on the new podcast under the same umbrella. So Ignite. So tell us about the Ignite podcast. Yeah. So Ignite is something that we, we meaning uh, Kayla Pearson, who you just recently got connected with. He's amazing Mm -hmm. as well. He was actually one of my students that came through the course and he was one of the ones who took that affective joke, very personal. Um, But he, uh, he was a guest on our podcast. He was the episode right after yours. Okay. And our original podcast shadows podcast. And that one was built more around everybody has a story to tell and we get people on there and they tell what they've been through their, their highs and lows and ultimately what they did to overcome them and where they are today. And we were getting such good feedback from it. And Caleb wanted to come on board and start helping out with some stuff. And he said, you know, I have this vision of basically personal and professional development in a podcast form. And I told him that was perfect. He could start it basically, like you said, under the same umbrella and shadows, you know, it focuses on kind of those dark moments that we've been through, but ignite is that light and you can't have the darkness without the light. And they play very well with one another. Ignite is going to be inspiring people, um, sparking no, no pun intended, but to spark something in you uh, that you didn't know that, that you have or hearing something new. And we're going to tackle everything from emotional intelligence. You are actually going to be our first guest on the Yay! show. So uh, Caleb is going to have like a, a five part series that he's going to be releasing uh, w- with your lessons. And then we, we're going to have five gears eventually on there, five voices. We've got some phenomenal briefers lined up and, the crazy thing is we've been sitting here thinking about, you know, like, Oh, let's get this person to this person. And we've been all the connections we made through 2020 to where I told Caleb, I said, you know, you may want to put this in like a Excel sheet and kind of see, I have a planner for all the yeah. guests on shadows. And I said, next thing you know, you're going to have so many guests to where you, you look down and you're like, we're in February and I've got guests all the way up until September. Yep. And he's pretty much getting that way to where, we we've already had such a amazing response in terms of uh, the torch bears is what he calls them. The, the teachers, but um, yeah, it's, we're, we're pretty far ahead from where we, we originally thought and we hadn't even launched our first one yet, but we're the first episode is scheduled. Um, I'm not sure when yours will release, but uh, when this episode will, but March 4th is going to be our official launch date and Kristen Christie is going to actually be the person who does the introduction for, um, for March 4th. So I think that's, that's a really fitting person there and you've been connected with her as well. So she'll actually Mm -hmm. introduce you to get it started. So uh, we're going to try to keep each one around uh, 30 to 45 minutes. And so they'll, they'll be easy to listen to. You're driving down the road. If you just, you know, the daily readers are like a big thing now. So we want to get it to where someone can sit down and read or listen to this in 30 minutes, take notes, do some self-reflecting, come back the following Thursday. Cause every Thursday is when those are going to be released. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting the feedback from everyone and, and seeing how it goes. But Shadows come out on Monday and Ignite is going to be on Thursdays. Well, and I am just so touched and so honored that you guys asked me to be, you know, your first a teacher in this of kind of platform. I love it. Yeah. I am teaching a Spark Your Alpha, and uh, you'll have to check it out and stay tuned in order to know more what Alpha stands for. It's definitely it's an acronym. It stands for something. <laughs> I'm ready. We're, yes. we're going over those acronyms. I like it. Yes, awesome. So, um, how can people connect with you? Your social media, your plat, your podcast, all of the all the things. How can people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Edward Bodenheimer III on LinkedIn, also on Facebook. I'm on there. Um, Trip Bodenheimer is my my Facebook name. And uh, on Instagram as well, I believe it's Bodie82 or 80. It's one of the two. I don't have it like right in front of me. And also uh, anything with the Shadows podcast and Ignite. I know Shadows podcast, we got a, our Facebook page, our Instagram is uh, the underscore shadows podcast. And we have our link tree, which will take you to all of our platforms. We just started a YouTube channel yesterday as well. So um, I'm out there. You, you can, you can find me. <laughs> awesome. 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 And so if somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I don't, I really liked what you talked about with the five gears. Are you um, open to maybe coming into an organization, whether in person or virtually, and teaching um, your, that curriculum? Absolutely. All they have to do is just reach out to me on one of those platforms. Facebook's probably the easiest. Just send me a message on Facebook. And absolutely, I will definitely um, hook you up. I, and you free. I do it for free. And also the uh, audience size, it can range from five people to hundreds of people. It doesn't matter. Um, I will definitely work with you, figure out a way to do it because uh, I think it's something that's very beneficial and can help, like you said, anybody out right then and there on the spot. Five voices and five gears are the two that um, I'm really pushing out there right now. Awesome. Well, Bodhi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and, and sharing time with me and, and just connecting with me. I, I love our conversations. Yeah, absolutely. No, this was, uh, this was awesome for me. Even the fact that we we're just sitting here talking and you're like, you know what, let's just hit record. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and get this episode in there. Um, I, I think you're amazing. I uh, have not thanked Joe enough for connecting me to you and um you know, this is a, definitely an iron sharpens iron uh, relationship with everything that Caleb and I have going with you. And, you know, I, I definitely uh, am glad that was able to make this connection. And I'm super honored um, to be a guest on your show. This is really cool. Yay. Um, well, so I always like thank you so much for your kind words. Those are I take them in. I really like feel that. So thank you. Um, and I always like to leave with the last question of of uh, what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Hmm. I'm almost going to give you the same response that you gave me on my episode is that I ask people the same type question. And when I get asked, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really tough. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think the big thing on my mind right now, I don't have like a quote or anything like that, but uh, it's something that's been brought to my attention the past couple of weeks and it really gets you thinking and it's something i think the listeners definitely um you know could probably sit back and take a couple minutes to reflect on it as well but it's finding your purpose 
but not just finding it, being able to define your purpose. Because a lot of times we get our purpose and our passion uh, confused. And so for me, I have really been trying to do a lot more soul searching with that. And uh, I know my purpose is to help somebody discover something in themselves that they may not have seen that, um, you know, it's like those night vision goggles. You can see it in someone. They may not be able to see it yet, but whether it's, you know, my kids, my, my wife, my coworkers, um, people that I'm mentoring and people that are mentoring me, it's, it's just to try to find something in someone else and, and bring it to their attention and let them know that you see this in them. You may not see it at the moment, but it may take a, a little bit longer for them to digest, but just understanding that purpose. And, you know, I'm sitting here, like I got notes all over the place trying to define what mine is. Um, but I think that's kind of what's, what's with me right now. So I would just say to anyone out there, just what's your purpose? Mm, Something simple. I love it. Love it. Love it. And, you know, it's true. We get in the two confused between passion and purpose. And I think our, our passion actually ignites play on words, ignites our purpose because what we find we're passionate about will sometimes, like we said, ignite what you're actually supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to do in this world is leave a mark. So thank you for leaving a mark, Bodhi. I appreciate it. Thank you for everything. Don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.